My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. All right, guys, before this episode actually officially starts, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Due to some scheduling conflicts, Smash and I were not able to record together. This would have been our big first in-person recording for the Geek Fathers of the Year. Unfortunately, things happen. That's part of the parenting that we definitely talk about. So I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. I'm going to call this our two-for-one. Basically, you're getting two mini-sodes in one big episode, we've taken one topic, I guess, is our thoughts, and what we've done is just put our own spin on it. We've recorded separately, and I'm just going to put them all just into the one big thread so you can listen to them right after one another. So guys, thank you very much. Stick around. I hope you enjoy this new type of episode. Views and opinions expressed on Geek Father are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their affiliates, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. This is for the parents and not for the kitties. Geek Fire! Can you try one more time? Say no. Geek Father real loud. Geek Fire way out! I just did it. Hey guys. Welcome back. That's right. It's a new episode of The Geek Fathers. I'm Scotty P bringing some extra trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent as we walk through this world together, guys. As you probably heard on the little extra intro I threw in and uh, what you will hear as part of this episode is that unfortunately Smash and I were not able to physically get together to record the episode uh, like we wanted to with the schedules that we just so happen to have this past week or you know, work around. So we decided to do something a little bit different instead of just doing a Minnesota miniseries, either he does or that I do or whatever it may be. We decided to do our own Minnesota on the same topic and just throw them together just so you're kind of getting your, uh, you're a two for one, if you will, uh, for this episode of the Geek Father. So I really hope you enjoy this. If it it, it was kind of a fun idea that was came that this came up with, and, you know, it may be something we do in the future. It's a great way, especially for being parents, you know, just, we got to be flexible. You got to, you know, bend with the wind, the, the reed, you know, the one of those ancient proverb sayings of some type, you know. Anyways, guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining us here, or us, but me this time... Kyle uh, next time and uh, M the Gem was even able to join uh, Kyle give some extra insight as well. So what we should talk about two for one is uh, Smash and I still you know we were still able to collaborate make sure we were on the same page with a lot of things, but we decided to kind of give a year in review of how the virtual schooling went this year. Which, you know, if you have been a regular listener or even if you just have listened to periodic. Uh, episodes of this show that has been something very heavy uh, that we've had to work on and deal with over the past year plus because of pandemic quarantine and different things like that it threw everybody for a loop 
you know, even if you ended up in a smooth transition, you you still had to scramble. You still things that you normally wouldn't have. So the first thing I want to say to all the fellow parents, teachers, family, friends, others who have helped and support this, thank you very much for everything you have done. Everybody has had a great day. There have been some low days trying to do this, but we've stuck together. So thank you very much, first and foremost, on all that. Uh, and really, I, I this is me giving my perspective. Uh, Smash and Jim give their own, which is perfectly valid, because the great thing about this is that even though myself and Smash have been able to talk to each other, uh, you know, F.U. Hunter, uh, even Lowdown, and even talking to non-parents, we've all been able to get different opinions and compare notes about how virtual schooling really was different for each household. And, it, and it's been crazy to think about because, you know, uh, what you'll hear Smash and Jim talk about is not only do you have one child and of a different age, but also having step-parents involved things in that nature, different households that have gone into this. Now with mine, as you, if you, again, if you've heard any previous episodes, even though only one of my children are in school, we still have a second child that we had to make sure was taken care of as well. And, you know, everything included with day-to-day parenting. So, and it's been crazy to see the contrast on this and fortunately, we were able to work some things out because for a long time, as you know, my parents usually watch the boys a lot since both Jennifer and I work and everything. So th- that was a big decision at the time when school was beginning back in the fall for us because for months we had to basically avoid them. You know, my parents were at, a, at an age that put them at risk, especially when everything was first starting and really put a crimp on how we did stuff. Fortunately, I've been able to work from home and that's become a normal thing, which in a lot of ways, virtual schooling has, but I let, let me put, put this out there as well. Cannot wait for it to get back to in person next year. Not only will it help relax a few things to kind of help us feel normal. At least we know it's going to be a new normal anyways, but it'll, it'll help us feel a little bit normal. But also, for the sake of being a parent, I can see where my child needs this. My, you know, Logan did great this year with, with virtual schooling and everything. And we'll go through some of the roller coaster on that in this episode as well. But I really want to give props to, and as being a parent, helping raise this person, that he has done so well overall with handling the transition from, last, from the previous school year, not even just the last year anymore. Because we're we're wrapping this up here, but the way he's been able to step up intellectually, emotionally, everything has been awesome. Again, there have been bad days, but it's totally understandable uh, with how this has happened. So l- let's just recap first on not only the students having to do this, but thank you to all the teachers. Not you know not all heroes wear capes so to say, and and we've always preached that about the teachers. So even with some of the other changes, the, the teachers who have really adapted to this, I I thank you. Uh, again, the, the, there's no amount of anything that, you know, that I could bestow that, that would show 
what you guys had to put into this. So friends that were teachers, teachers that we've met, thank you very much. Now, you know, and then that's props to all the teachers out there. I mean, a lot of them tried. If there were any that out there that didn't, definitely contact who you need to within the school. If you feel like your teacher, I don't even want to say went above and beyond, but just felt like maybe they... (laughs) There's a certain degree to adaptability, even with, te- especially with teaching, I should say. Not even just because of teaching, but especially with teaching, you've got to adapt with the way the kids and society runs things sometimes. But I, just report that to the proper people in the school. That's all I can say. I, I don't want to uh, really dive on any negative because we had overall, again, like I said, we had a really positive experience with the whole virtual school. Logan really came out of a shell with so many things. And it's not the same type of schooling that that we had. I mean, because and, and I'm going into other points on this as well, because, you know, we, we always joked about where my like my age, my old fogey self, along with uh, Smash and, and F.U. Hunter and everything where and I, and I mentioned F.U. Hunter specifically because he he was co- helping me co-host a lot during especially in the beginning of all this is where. There was not even an option for virtual schooling if this had happened at at a time when we were still getting our education. We would have been so screwed and certain things would definitely would not have been able to have been done, uh, at least properly. So for the kids to really uh, get into it, dive into it the way they did was awesome. Now, I mean, we... I, with Logan being at the age that he is, he, he, ju- he is completing first grade... So there, he's still going through a lot of basics as well. I'm, my biggest fear, really, is how they're going to look at things like standardized testing and get into critical thinking and things in that nature as well. But that's the future. I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But, you know, based on what we had this year, I've got to mention it. You know, and as a parent who... I've I've tried to be good about keeping up with technology, different things like that. It's always hit or miss. But the the way my seven year old has had to learn and adapt to using this little Chromebook thing to listen to his teacher, to talk with his teacher, talk with other students and everything has been great. Uh we I mean, just the way he's been able to learn and and I feel bad because one thing I've, I've always been cautious about as in the way the virtual schooling and the way we've had to be about it, is that he's missed so much socially. So, the, and, and that's one of the big things that I'm glad some things are starting to clear up at this point and we'll hopefully go into a better summer than we did last year, of course, which I can only imagine it would be. But what we're also looking at is way more of a social interaction with the kids and let them get back to being kids i feel like so many of the 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 way virtual school has had to go that these kids have had to grow up so much more than they should and it's not necessarily a bad thing but you don't always like to see that as a parent just to make sure that kids experience everything that they need to and i really hope this conveys well with um along with what kyle and uh, jim are able to say on their episode or their part of the episode because that that's what we've had to look at for, for being geeky parents where, you know, especially with my original intentions, as, and as you know from the early earlier episodes of this show, 
to where I wanted to talk about more of the fun stuff, the things that we do with our kids, the things that our kids do that make us proud to be just big dorks. You know, anywhere from Star Wars to, you know, we're a video game household here with myself and Logan. And even Leland is really getting into video games now. So you can tell my wife, you know, when you when you see her, you know, ask her about it because she's so impressed. And I say with the utmost sarcasm that she loves the fact that the three people in the house that live with her are all playing video games together. So anyways, uh, you know, we're a video, but we're a video game household. You know, those are the things we do. You know, we're still trying to limit screen time and do different things. You know, we still, you know, have our outside activities. We still have the different things we do around the house if it's a rainy day. Now, we just don't rely on the video games. But but that was that was my intention, really, with the original of the show. And the way we've been able to adapt as as people, the way our lives have run now this past year, putting our kids through with the virtual school has really been a, a test of what we've got. So... You know, I gave high praise in the beginning of this episode to the parents or to the teachers, but now I want to give it to the parents. See, I'm even getting myself all worked up about it because definitely parents struggled. Some struggled more than others. Some just had the hardest of time where they didn't know what they were doing day to day or not able to know what they were doing day to day. They they had a good idea and a game plan as best as they could, but every day changed. And, and so definitely to our community of parents, our tribe of people trying to raise the next generation, thank you for everything you've done. We know that it hasn't been the easiest, you know, when you don't always have a support system or the support system that would be ideal for you, it does make things very difficult and does change your decisions on how well you do this. So, and I'm going to leave it at that. And, you know, again, you know, I'm not trying to dwell on negative aspects of this because we've all had negative days we've all had days where it's been very very difficult where you you just want the day to end to start new the next day but you still have to work through it so guys thank you very much for everything you've done there uh again with logan's age it's hard to tell because you know i've really expressed everything for the virtual schooling uh you know we're we're looking forward to changes he hasn't had to do any standardized testing what he's learning is still just the, the bare essentials for, you know, anything education-wise. So we haven't gotten into, like I said, like even even I already hate them. All right, yeah, I've I've made that point plenty of times. But when it comes time to standardized testing, SOLs, I think is what they're called or whatever. I am totally against that. And if we can get rid of those, however need be, and I know they're used for certain things, but I really feel like that that is. They, a lot of schools have crossed the line for what they are used for, and it sucks. It really does. But that's going to be another battle for us, and I'm sure I'll bring up plenty more times as we go through the years that I still would like to still have this show, you know. And I, I'd like to give even props to, more specifically, to people like uh, Smash, who's become my permanent co-host, to F.U. Hunter, who helped me progress the show even further and during, you know, especially when this pandemic, the quarantine and everything first started happening, these guys really helped out to all the parents that still have showed us support listening through this. Everybody's been through their time this past year. So, and fortunately we're, we're kind of coming out of it. We've just still got to stay diligent on what we do, watching out for our community guys. So, and I know this turned into more of a free form on just sort of everything, 
but the virtual schooling was, I think, good because it showed what not only what our children can do, but it showed what a lot of our communities, our groups and everything can overcome and work together and still be able to adapt to what's needed. So I and and it could virtual schooling could become even a, a regular option as well. I I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say it all the time for my kids personally, just based on where we're at now. But who knows down the road, it could be a little bit more, you know, accessibility more so. I would say definitely that I think it was great that more so that the high school type students had it because you know that's where you know by the time you reach high school you definitely have to be more independent you have to have way more critical thinking on how you're doing things you've still got to show your work and do things in a proper manner but you still have to go outside the box a little bit you know find different ways to do your work you know so and a lot of high school students that I know of did a great job as well so props to you guys props to any graduates this year of high school even college, I would say too, but college, you know, you definitely can do virtual stuff all the time. But to the high school students graduating this year, mad props to you for going through a whole school year of virtual, not really physically being able to work with your teacher and things like that, guys. So I hope I hope this gives you a great episode for what I talk about and then uh, what Kyle and uh, and the gym are able to express on their whole ideas and thoughts about this year in review essentially of virtual schooling and what we've done during the pandemic and as we get out of the pandemic we're gonna you know really try to turn this around we we've got some great summer episodes coming up some great just bigger like I said there's still gonna be a couple of serious episodes but they're gonna be more topics that we haven't touched on I've mentioned them before but I'm I'm tired of mentioning them specifically because again timing schedule it's always a thing especially when you're a parent it's it's not easy. It's not easy. So thank you guys. Stay strong. Uh, of course, feel free to as you're listening to this. I'm uh, and and at this point, I don't know what Kyle has mentioned yet. I'm going to listen to his part when I edit because you guys know I do the editing for the Geek Fathers. And so just in case, I'll go in and say, of course, for this episode, you can listen to and all the previous episodes. Feel free to go to the GUIPodcast.com. Listen to our episodes, to all the other shows, Precap, GY Flagship, From the Mouths of Madness, all the great guys and everything. We've made it through the pandemic. We're um, able to record a lot easier. Some great, great shows are coming out this year. Uh, We're looking forward to a better 2021 than 2020 at this point, even though we're halfway through. Things are already better, and we plan on getting them better as well, guys. So, uh... Listen to the shows when you're on GYPodcast.com. Go see our friends at Public for all the great merch we've got, guys. And thank you very much. All right. They're doing a smash half of Geek Fathers, which is essentially Scotty P, as I'm sure he already explained to the listeners that he's going to be doing from his perspective and I'm going to be doing from mine. And we're just going to combine them. Just something a little fun. Maybe we'll do it down the road more often. And tonight, uh, unexpectedly, I have... uh, my partner Jem on the mic with me. What's up? What's up? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm going. What? We're about to go eat some cheesesteaks. Sorry, my brain got turned off. You got turned on Philly? Oh, because yep. we're going to Philly? Yeah. 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 So we're going to eat some cheesesteaks here very, very soon. Um, until then, I'm going to be bringing you my perspective as a geeky, geeky parent or geek father <laughs> and how. 
this year was from a parenting aspect, trying to navigate their child through a virtual schooling uh, situation, which is hard as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It is hard. It is stressful. And any parent out there that claims that it's easy is either lying to everyone else or lying to themselves or both. Uh, Cause it is very hard. And that's what this is sort of about is it's getting to the end of the year. The grades have all uh, come out Crazy. and we can breathe. I can breathe a little bit easier. Uh, Cause I know that just the stress um, that I know that it, it put on my kid that I really tried not to, but even at times I fell into that rabbit hole of, oh my God, this has got to get done. You know, like I don't want them to have a bad grade, have a feeling grade because then they feel bad about, you know, themselves or feel like maybe that they, they screwed up. And, and honestly, it's really not their fault. It's just, they're, they're victims of circumstance. Um, and honestly, you know, to all the parents and kids out there that made it through, you know, you don't need a cape to be a hero. You did it. Not that I am, because, you know, I had uh, people to lean on and I had help <clears throat> um, and I was lucky. But there's a lot out there that didn't that still made it through like champs. Uh, so this is sort of like my how to on surviving this that I've learned. <clears throat> and, Jim, you've helped me with going through s- <laughs> quite a bit of this. I try to be a good communicator, but, you know, especially when you have a kid, maybe even a you know, 10 year old girl or boy or whatever, it can be difficult to communicate because you feel frustrated. And then those frustrations bleed over onto your kids and then they feel pressure and they feel stressed to, you know, to get this work done or to do well in school. And and they just, you know, they're not there. They're not able to interact with the other kids like they normally can. And it's very hard on them psychologically. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep that in mind. And, and anyone that has slipped up, you're just normal. You're just a person. Because it is impossible not to. I've slipped up. I've, I've raised my voice. I've kind of just, you know, or been very disappointed with grades, even though at the end of the day, wasn't completely their fault. There is responsibility that falls on them, right? They do have responsibility, you know, that falls on them. And part of a, being a parent or a co-parent or a step-parent or an additional household member, um, it's stressful for the adults and the kids your kid is getting to be older and needs to take on more responsibility. And we're trying to teach her that while she doesn't always want to do it. She does do it. Well, she is, she is a kid essentially that responsibility is not their favorite thing. No, it's not. If they have to do something, it is the worst thing in the world. It is the worst thing in the world to them. And homework was one of those. Uh, I remember walking in and uh, she was sitting at the counter and she was like, can you help me? Because daddy is going on a rant because, you know, I had homework to do and I did it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Daddy's upset because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So now now you have to do what you don't want to do. And that's homework. Yeah. And I, you hit the nail on the head with the rant thing. You know, that's one thing is I, I do beat myself up a lot, um, especially through this whole experience, because first of all, there is no training to be a parent. I don't care what what what, you know, Sunday night YMCA classes might exist. Uh, it's really difficult to be a parent in any normal circumstance. So in these uh, extraordinary circumstances, you tend to look at yourself and 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 sort of look yourself in the mirror and go, OK, am I doing this right? You know, am I failing? 
you know, I, I, all right, I'm putting stress on my kid and is it really that important? You know, is that a or B really that important? You know, and I try to look at it from that perspective. And at the end of the day, I fell on that. It's not that the A and B is important is that you have to have some effort behind it. And when you are at home for kids, I've learned that they, you know, just like any, they, if they have any sort of creature comforts that pulls them away, you know, that pulls their attention away. You've seen it, you know, the moment you've, you've, you, you could ask her to do something. And, and if there's something she wants or sees that she needs, what does she do? Oh, immediately she goes to what she wants or needs. She thinks she needs. Yeah. Let's backtrack a little bit where you said, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you failing? No, uh, you're not failing because you're too hard on your kid. Um, You're failing if you're not hard enough, because that means, in my opinion, you just don't give a shit. You don't care what your kid does. You don't care what kind of grades they get. I've seen adults now who have had parents that don't give a shit and I see where they are today and what they could have been Mm -hmm. if their parents have given just a little bit more shits than what they gave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you know, and as a parent, you you have to give lots of shits, you know, lots of them, lots of shits. I mean, if you're a parent worth your while, you have to. And absolutely. And I think that if you're right, if you're not panicking or worrying about some, a lot of these things, you know, as from a parent's perspective, then um, then there's something wrong there. Uh, or you've got something figured out that no one else does. And that uh, just doesn't exist. So. No, no. I mean, maybe one out of the eight billion people on the planet has got that figured out. But uh, Yeah, it's called being like a millionaire and having a full-time nanny live in the house so then they don't have to deal with it. That is what that is called. Well, have- yeah, but I feel like that'll fuck your kid up even more. Absolutely, but those are the people that have it figured out, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, because they don't have to worry about it. That mm-hmm. is their way of dealing with being a parent is having a lot of money and hiring mm-hmm. a stay-at-home nanny. <laughs> right. And when you are all those things wrapped into one, you know, and uh, as a as a as being home with with my kid uh every day for, you know, this whole school year and since some of last, last school years. Yeah, since last March. Um, you know, the schooling, it's difficult because you're battling with the teachers sometimes, even though you don't mm-hmm. want to, sometimes you find yourself battling with the teachers and sometimes you work together well with the teachers to get, you know, to get a, a quality pro, uh, not product, but a quality, like quality work out of your child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're just as important as you are in the schooling, uh, um, mm-hmm. aspect, especially virtually because, you know, they put a lot of themselves, they have to follow all these kids and a lot of them are on a, on a screen. Luckily, mm-hmm. For a little while, most of these kids have been, some of these kids have been back, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of parents like me who still didn't trust, trust, I don't trust, didn't trust any other parent. I didn't well, trust anyone to was, send my kid back to school yet. Well, yeah, because I mean, parents will send their kids to school with a stomach virus and get half the people in school sick. And then next thing you know, you got like yeah. 20 kids thrown up. Yeah. And in this case, it, you know, it only takes one you know, rotten just, apple yeah. to spoil the the uh, the whole bunch, whatever the bushel. saying is, the bushel. Thank you. You're welcome. But it, it is. It's it's uh, the most difficult thing. You know, I will. I'll say that if I were to go through my my sort of best practices on on how to survive this whole thing, <laughs> so not the zombie apocalypse. It was it was a whole different sort of mini apocalypse that happened. 
How to not lose your shit during virtual school. (laughs) Yeah, how to not lose your shit, how to stay together, and how to keep a positive relationship with your kid. And I'll tell you that you're going to, if you're like me, you fail more than you succeeded. But but when you succeeded, you succeeded big. And, uh, you know, now that grades are out, you know, my my kid uh, has A's and B's. And that was a hard mountain to climb, not because she couldn't understand the work. She's super smart. It's because she couldn't do the, uh, either didn't, didn't do the work do or didn't want to do it or figured they would do it later. And mm-hmm. it's all digital. So it makes it a lot easier. And then it's later. And then it's, oh, shit. Yeah. And they're not physically in front of their teacher and next to the other kids. So they're not feeling that pressure to keep up or not that pressure, but that sort of like keeping up with the class. One one second. Can we just give like a quiet round of applause to the teachers, though, regardless if, you know, parents and, and teachers didn't always work well together? Can we just give all of the teachers a virtual round of applause for everything that they did? Because it's not easy having, first of all, the, the year that you were about to end, you were in your last quarter, get ripped from you from this virus. So everything that you ever had planned for that class is now gone. You didn't get to send your kid, you know, send them off to the next grade. And then you get a whole nother class and you never get to meet them and in person. And that's hard. I, all the teacher friends that I have that I see on Facebook, it was hard for them. And it's hard to figure out, you know, lesson plans and how you're going to turn a, I don't know, a biology class into a virtual online thing. And And I, I, yeah, I agree that teachers definitely, you know, I, I couldn't, I'm not one of those parents. I can't do just the homeschooling. Maybe if that's all my focus needed to be Mm -hmm. and wasn't split between work or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, possibly, but I'm not that smart. And uh, the teachers have a much better handle on that, you know, than I would do. But that's what you had to be. You had to be their teacher when the teachers weren't on screen. I, I want everybody who's listening to this to go to YouTube and look up the woman shopping in Target for her teacher or for her kid's teacher. And she rants and she's like, you're going to teach them math and social studies and science, which means I don't have to teach my kids. <laughs> you mean to tell me you're going to take my kids for eight hours and teach them something that I don't want to teach them? Mm-hmm. Buy the fucking pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, there's uh, that's that's true. It's like... That I don't want to teach them or I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I can Google. Mm-hmm. I can Google like a son of a bitch. What's that, honey? What's the question? Have you ever seen the commercial with the guy standing in the kitchen and his kid is doing homework and he keeps asking him or she keeps asking him questions about Mount um, Vesuvius? Oh, Pompeii. And Pompeii. Stuff, yeah. And she doesn't understand. You know, she's yeah. asking him and he's like, he starts Alexa. asking Alexa. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Mount Vesuvius. You know, that's what you feel. That's that's kind of what it's like because you know some things, you know a little about a lot, you know, mm-hmm. enough to make it through this world and you know about what you do and things that you like. But, you know, the, a lot of the things you may have learned in school gone bye-bye. Yeah, I don't remember, like, uh, she brought home, your kid brought home one day this math homework that I just thought was the dumbest shit I have seen in the in a long time and i remember looking it up online and being like what the fuck is this like who the hell is teaching this and why the hell are they teaching this that's, i don't know how to do it's all common that's the core. common core i know 
And it is so stupid because they go through 20 different steps just to get to their 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 solution when it is as easy as what we used to learn. I, we, but if they don't do it that way, it's considered wrong. wrong, even if they come up with the right answer. That's the crazy thing. But that's not teaching your kid critical thinking. That right there mm-hmm. is the like the definition of critical thinking is how to come up with a solution mm-hmm. instead of just follow the steps that somebody taught you. Think differently to come up mm-hmm. with a different solution. Don't think, think out of the box. Exactly. And and I'm glad you brought that up too because that's another topic was SOLs this year. Um, unlike before, and I don't know because um, this has been the first year she would have taken them. I don't know if it's now uh, common or has been common for your elementary school kids to, to have the choice for SOLs. I know that when I was in school or uh, at some point, you know, close to getting out, SOLs were becoming the standard, you know, for, you know, how a child or uh, a student is measured as well as the teacher. Mm-hmm. And and but at the end of the day they use that to ju- you know to justify funding to that mm-hmm. school, you know. So at the end of the day, uh given the choice, I, I remember I felt it wasn't the teacher's fault either. The teacher had to ask me. I was just busy in the morning. Uh you know, she was just getting ready, you know, getting into school. I was getting into work, but I was 10 feet away or 5 feet away and you know, the teacher needed to talk to me and asked if I wanted to, you know, my kid to do SOLs and I was uh I was like, oh, you know, sure. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I guess they're going to do it virtually. And it was such a long time from when they asked me from when they actually did SOLs. And by the time it came to SOLs, like, and I reluctantly had her do it. You know, I reluctantly said, you know, listen, regardless of how any of this turns out, you know, this is no, this is no standing on how, on how you're doing in school and how smart you are. So they do it and they didn't do so well in the math portion. So they asked and was like, well, they did well enough. They were like one point away from just, you know, getting a a high or passing Mm -hmm. score or whatever. Do you want to opt in to have them do it again? So I thought about it, you know, and I talked to her mom and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I talked to you about it. And I I felt that uh, I don't, and I told the teachers this and I told the school administration, I don't agree with SOLs. I think that they, they do kill critical thinking. They put undue pressure on the teacher, but they don't allow the teacher to really teach mm-hmm. and to be uh, organic and to be original. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and of course with the children, you know, like you said, they're not learning to think outside of the box and look at the world in different ways. Think about the information they're receiving in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be able to break that down in your own mind and 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 come to your own conclusions. And if you're following the standard pattern of everything all the time, you know, and that's it. You know, that's the standard of what it is. Anything else is wrong. Like mm-hmm. that's I never agree with that. So I didn't have her take it, and then I went and bought her an ice cream, and I thought that she did, you know, an awesome job. And any kid that's that's kind of forced to do that, I, I don't. Uh, I just simply don't agree with it. So that was one thing. That was a, a struggle, a hurdle that I had. To, I'd run into. Um, or a barrier I ran into that I had to find my way around personally. So going off of SOLs, because um, you were the you were the generation before me, I guess when SOLs were coming out. <clears throat> yes, I am ten years older. No, I am ten years younger. Sorry, my brain is turned off. So SOLs weren't a thing for you're you. Ten years, you're 10 years older in your heart and your mind. I really am. I think I'm like an 80-year-old like mm-hmm. grandma that just wants to go to bed. 
SOLs were not a thing for you when you were coming out of high school, but they no. very much were a thing for me mm-hmm. all through elementary, middle, and high school. And while I hate SOLs and I don't think that they measure a student's intellectual abilities, unfortunately, there's more tests out there other than SOLs. There's SATs, there are ACTs, there are LSATs, which I'm probably going to start preparing for. And SOLs are good practice. So, you know, when... When you are, because they still use standardized testing, even with adults or young adults into older adults, Mm -hmm. that SOLs are good practice. When it's voluntary. Yes, when it's voluntary. They are good practice for the student, not to see how high of a score they get, but the, um, the testing environment. Yeah. And that is a great point, Jim. And and as we're coming to a close on this, but before we go, I I do want to just give a few things that I've learned to help deal in case we ever have to do this again. And virtual might be a pretty, you know, longstanding staple moving, uh, moving forward. It might be something that is now, um, given as an option, you know, for those families that can't or have, you know, have a hard time with maybe they can't get those kids to school or the car breaks down or there's a snow day, uh, which sucks for the kids, but might be good for the parents mm-hmm. <laughs> is, uh, is just a ways that I found to survive. And, you know, one of them is, is that when you start feeling that, that pressure to, you know, be the super parent and their kid has to all their, you know, their, their tests have to be great and their homework has to be great. You are going to, you are going to like speed up your death. You're going to lose some years on your life. Uh, I found, you know, works for me is that, um, before I go and have the talk with the kid about, whatever grade or, or work that wasn't done. And I have failed more than I succeeded in this, but when I succeeded, it was really good. I I did just like when you get into a fight, take a second, go away Mm -hmm. and figure out how you want to approach it because kids are fragile to an extent, you know, they're not emotionally, they're still figuring it all out and they can't figure it all out yet. They're not able to do that. You know, nothing, everything hasn't developed properly for them to deal with things on emotional level. And and you had taught me that if I come at him, come at her strong, the reaction is going to be strong and it's going to be, she's going to shut down. And I learned that the hard way several times, Mm -hmm. you know, where, and we're not talking about corporal punishment here or like, we're just talking like, I cannot believe, like I expected more or I'm disappointed, you know, and that sort of like, instead of just going, I under, I get it. You know, I understand how can we better uh, act uh, or how can we take better actions uh, and make better choices to ensure that these things don't happen because we have to, we have to um, evolve and we have to find better ways to deal with this whole new situation that no one was ever really trained for. Only up to a certain point though. If it is a repeated thing, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, that's insanity. So we cannot instill insanity in our kids, but practice different routes. So only to be crazy. To up to a certain point, using that language works and only goes so far. And sometimes you do have to say, I'm disappointed because then there's the expect the kids don't want to disappoint their parents. That is the worst feeling ever. 
is hearing I'm disappointed rather than I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed hurts more than anything else. In the <laughs> yeah, world. it's the knife to the it's to the, the knife, gut. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, we can't all have the um, full house sit downs. Let's share our feelings, and then everything's sort of fixed and after that. Kumbaya. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. No. It works great in a TV show, but not in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just you you <clears throat> you have to decide at the moment, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what's the best way to go about it. And sometimes you don't take the time to decide, and you 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 follow the emotion you're feeling, mm-hmm. which is not the best way for a parent. You know, no. that's more for a kid, and you have to rise above that because you're the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's one thing. Just take. Take a minute to go away and take a breath, not on a keyboard and not on your phone and not mm-hmm. just lay down for a second or, or whatever the case is and just recenter yourself. It does help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another, another best practice is to talk to somebody is to talk it out. If I didn't have you to lay it on um, and get it off my chest, I would, I would lose my mind because uh, you need that. You know, mm-hmm. you need to have somebody to confide into. So that's that's number two in, in the survival gear is that. Also, don't keep a bunch of sweets in the house. You think it's great for you, it's not. You're gonna give yourself diabetes, your kid's gonna run around like a like a like a nutcase like a for banshee. Right. Try to find different alternatives. What I found was the smoothie that you helped you mm-hmm. helped, you brought into the house. The smoothie bowls. The smoothie bowls and the smoothie drinks that are low sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but refreshing sugar. yeah they're natural and they're fruit so there's still some sugar in it but it's at least it's natural. natural um and that that makes a big difference mm-hmm. not not just on their overall health but just on their psyche uh, and on your mental health yes <laughs> when they're not running around like uh sugar crackheads mm-hmm. uh you know so that's that's number three also limit the amount of screen time that you both are on or you and your kids mm-hmm. um it's a great distraction but that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. and then you have to turn around and come right back to reality mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time doing that or I did, I'm better with it now as this year's gone on with just pulling, you know, not, not allowing myself to drown out by watching the phone and, and, and just kind of, uh, or letting my kid do that. Although I literally the, just yelled at you like two hours ago to pay attention you, to me. Although you did, but to be fair, the kid's not here right now. So <laughs> I'm off daddy mode for a moment. <laughs> Uh, so that's just some of the best practices. I have plenty more, but we're short on time. Um, you know, uh, if depending on how Mr. Scotty P cuts it, I could be first. He could be first. Uh, mo- uh, most likely he's got his thing uh, going first. And uh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say from from his geek father perspective, from having two kids, um, also mm-hmm. having a wife. Uh, in the house to kind of help balance that out at the same and time job. and a full-time job. But at the same time, that can also be, you know, that, that holds its own ball of mm-hmm. um, complications that you have to, you know, work together and work around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to end it off with saying and giving respect to all the parents out there that survived through this, all the kids that emotionally managed their way through all of this. Um, and then, as you said, all the teachers that did and all the stepmoms and step parents and, and the, the friends and family that were there to help hold everybody up. It's mm-hmm. it, you can't the, you can't it do takes, it alone these days. It takes a village. It does. You can't do it alone these days. Yep. Uh, so this is Smash signing off with Jim. Later, Gator. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Uh, remember, guys, you get a chance. Go on tpublic.com. 
We got a lot of uh, uh, GUI merchandise on there. Go to GUIpodcast.com. I'm sure you're going to all hear this from Scotty P's. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this little extra special episode we've done for you this time around. And don't forget, join us or cry. GUIPodcast.com In a world ravaged by movie studios that keep rehashing the same things, only one podcaster has the guts to make it even worse. Join Mike the Hobbit as he traverses the internet to bring you some of the best and worst ideas for reboots, remakes, and reimaginings of some of your favorite and least favorite TV and film properties. Ideas like a John Waters He-Man movie, Fantastic Four the musical, and Aliens done entirely with marionettes. What podcast would bring this evil upon the world? This is Smack My Pitch Up. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. 